Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Maria is a 52-year-old female patient with obesity and hypertension. She agreed to being screened for diabetes and her A1C came in at 5.9%. Several of her family members have type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease and she's worried what her lab results mean for her future. She asks what she can do to prevent diabetes and is very worried about having heart problems as well as she helps care for her elderly parents and doesn't have time to be that sick. How can you best advise Maria and reassure her about what you can do to help her to prevent her onset of diabetes? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Jillian Joseph, physician assistant and instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School, an adjunct faculty in the Department of PA Studies at the MCPHS University, both in Worcester, Massachusetts. Jillian is also the course chair for PrimeMed's primary care boot camp for nurse practitioners and physician assistants, an on-demand curriculum that helps early career clinicians build confidence, hone skills, and succeed. Good morning, Jillian. Good morning, Frank. Maria uh, is like many of my patients. She's screened positive for prediabetes and now has other needs. Um, what do we know about patients with prediabetes and the risk of going on to develop type 2 diabetes? I agree. Maria is very much like a lot of my patients as well. Prediabetes, which is defined as having A1C between 5.8 and 6.4%, or fasting plasma glucose between 100 and 125 milligrams per deciliter, has been associated with obesity, dyslipidemia, and hypertension. The diagnosis of prediabetes does put patients at higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes as well as cardiovascular disease, but it can be really difficult to predict who goes on to actually develop type 2 diabetes. There's some variable data out there. American Diabetes Association provides data saying that patients with A1C between 5.5 and 6% have a variable five-year incidence of somewhere between 9 and 25% of developing diabetes. And if the A1C is between 6 and 6.5, the five-year risk then goes to between 25 and 50%, with relative risk 20 times higher than compared to those with A1C of 5 there are some other studies suggesting that any A1C over 5.7 or higher has a risk like that of high-risk patients from the Diabetes Prevention Program trial. The NIH says that the conversion rate is somewhere between 5 and 10% annually, but that also depends on the population characteristics. So all that to say, we know that especially for adults over 60, most people do not go on to develop type 2 diabetes and more often return to normal glycemia. Of course, obesity, history of gestational diabetes or having a baby over 9 pounds, family history of type 2 diabetes, older age, sedentary lifestyle are still all major risks for developing type 2 diabetes. I, I have uh, so many concerns, but it is somewhat reassuring that 
that that risk isn't 80 or 90 percent, but, but considerably less. So what can we do to help Maria to reduce her risk of developing type 2 diabetes? I think it would be ideal to engage with her around lifestyle modifications, which will likely help her not only decrease her diabetes risk, but also improve her quality of life overall. She probably has a lot of stress in caring for her parents, and regular exercise is um, likely to help her let off some steam. Patients who lost 5-7% to of their body weight and added 150 minutes of exercise per week can decrease their risk of diabetes by up to almost 60%, which is pretty significant. Aside from dietary modifications, there are medications to recommend for weight loss. Check out our episode comparing some of the GLP-1 medications for more information on that. But we can also recommend metformin for Maria, which might make it easier for her to adhere to the plan, especially if she's not a big fan of injections or isn't quite ready for that yet. Especially for younger people under 60 who have obesity with BMI over 35, or women who have history of gestational diabetes, metformin can help reduce the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. It's safe, low cost, pretty tolerable, and probably helps reduce a patient's lifetime health costs if it reduces their diabetes risk. And we know that diabetes is an expensive chronic disease. In terms of risks, Cochrane reviews have shown that there isn't really a risk of increased lactic acidosis, but some patients can develop B12 deficiency, and I think we all know about the GI side effects of metformin. Okay. So, um, Metformin certainly is a pretty good option. GLP-1 agents could be a good option. Lifestyle modifications are great. Um, what about our concerns about heart disease? What do we know that might help lower that risk as well? This is definitely a valid concern for Maria. We all know about the correlation between diabetes and heart disease, so we should focus our counseling on reducing overall cardiovascular risks. Like if she's a smoker, try to help her cut down or quit smoking. If she drinks alcohol regularly, try to help her reduce or cut down her alcohol use. Managing her blood pressure well, those will all help reduce her cardiovascular risk in the long run. Reducing her weight and getting in more physical activity will help too. If she does adopt lifestyle modifications and or we give her metformin to help lower her diabetes risk, how might that impact her heart disease risk? Well, there was a recent study in circulation that looked exactly at this population. So people who were in the Diabetes Prevention Program trial or Diabetes Prevention Program Outcomes study, which had an 18-year average follow-up. So initially, about 3,300 people were randomly assigned to metformin, 850 milligrams twice daily, intensive lifestyle changes, or placebo, and they followed that group for about three years. Then in the next 18 years, all participants were offered a less intensive group lifestyle intervention, and unmasked metformin was continued in the original metformin group. So they found that neither metformin nor lifestyle intervention reduced the primary outcome of first occurrence of non-fatal MI, stroke, or cardiovascular death. They also looked at an extended cardiovascular outcome, which included the primary outcome, or hospitalization for heart failure or unstable angina, coronary or peripheral revascularization, coronary heart disease diagnosed by angiography, 
or silent MI diagnosed by EKG, which they measured yearly along with cardiovascular risk factors. So in this extended outcome case, neither intervention of metformin nor lifestyle changes had any impact on these outcomes. Hmm. Okay, so taking the metformin was effective at reducing the progression from prediabetes to diabetes, but it sounds like from this, this very long study that there was no cardiovascular benefit. What can we offer Maria today? Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, and I think we were sort of all hoping to have something to help reduce the cardiovascular outcomes for patients over time. And as you said, you know, to reduce Maria's diabetes risk, certainly metformin, lifestyle modifications, those will both be helpful. But to help her reduce her cardiovascular risk, neither of those things are really proven to be uh, super useful. So we have to focus on overall health and overall risk reduction in general. And so that includes weight reduction, using medications if needed, keeping her blood pressure at a good goal, and more regular physical activity, all of which will really help her overall health in the long run. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's right on target. Uh, lifestyle modification uh, isn't just dietary. Uh, for someone who's really concerned about heart disease, just a small amount of an increased amount of aerobic exercise can help tremendously. So I think uh, the metformin's great, helping her lose weight, help her change her diet, and including that that uh, that that focus on aerobic exercise all sound like the best way to help prevent her develop heart disease. Jillian, uh, a nice review of a complicated topic that's been in the news. Thank you so much. Thank you. Practice pointer. Although use of metformin can help prevent type 2 diabetes, it does not reduce the risk of cardiovascular outcomes for these patients, so focusing on overall health risk reduction is ideal. Join us next time when we talk about the new asthma guidelines and the importance of keeping current with this sort of care. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.